Welcome to the Mariner's Church Life Group Leader Podcast. This weekly conversation is designed to equip and resource you to build a healthy life group community that studies God's Word, practices spiritual rhythms, and changes the world together. Welcome, leaders, to week four of Fighting for Joy, our study through the book of Philippians. We are here to walk you through uh, the passage and the questions that you're going to interact with this week with your incredible life groups. I've got uh, Mr. Dallas Viva joining us on the episode today. Hello, everybody. Hello, life group leaders. That was great, Dallas. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Dallas is incredible. He is a man of many talents, of many faces. At the time of this recording, we're coming off of that. A man camp was just yeah. um, a few a few days ago. We're recording this one in advance a little bit, and Dallas has shed the man mustache that he yeah. had just yesterday, yes, and he's man. back to baby face Dallas. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. how's the family feel about that? Huh? They're all right. Uh, my kids did not care, didn't notice anything. That's great. My wife enjoys it for a few days. Yeah, yeah, it's it's over. great. Then she's very over it very quickly. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, I have stubble. I don't have, I've never done the full mustache thing because I'm afraid of what it would look like. But anytime I shaved my beard completely, um, my kids say I look too shiny and they don't like it. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that's a compliment. But mm-hmm. all right. Great. Well, hey, you ready to do this thing? Let's do it. Let's do it. This is week four. I mean, we're coming into one of the, the more familiar um, passages in Philippians that great, which, which many scholars would say, uh, was actually written as a hymn that the early church would recite over and over again from Philippians 2, 1 through 11, um, looking through the Christology of who Christ was and his humility, the incarnation of Christ. And it's a, it's a doctrine that they that they sung, that they reminded themselves of frequently. It's one of the older writings in the New Testament. And it's, um, it's a very familiar passage that we um, have the joy to unpack in our groups as Eric again taught it for us this week. But we're going to jump in straight to it here with our lean in question. It says this, in your life, whom have you looked up to the most? What did you learn from this person or example? And we're kind of breaking our own little rule there. Um, Just a little later tip, you might want to answer this in a different way, right? Ask this in a different way. Yeah. Uh, When when we're asked a question about most, it's hard to answer something. Well, the most, I don't know, but I get, so you might want to reframe it. How would you reframe this question in your group? Who's someone you look up to? Beautiful. I love that. And what did you learn? What did you learn from that person? So, do you got anybody yeah. in mind? Uh, yeah, present company excluded. Yeah, of course, <laughs> of course. But I will say immediately when I read that question, my brain instantly felt like I had to think through every area of my life, and I had this moment of panic. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, who's the, like? I got a first number one. Yeah. Uh, but I, I look. At, I look to my grandfather. Mm. Um, he, he has loved the Lord for years and years and years. Wakes up early. Uh, if you catch him, he's praying with someone, he is spending time in God's word and he's just a gentle God honoring man. Right. Yeah. And so you saw that in him and something that you want to model yeah. after the way that you pursue the Lord in your own life too, the way that you raise your family. Right. And I think that's what that question is getting us to do is we look towards the example of others. What is it about that person that yeah. you were marked by? And, and, you know, you might even think about, man, am I living up to that? example of you take inventory of what you see and how you're living that living that out now and i think um it's so true for many of us that what we, we look to we aspire to we aspire to that often because there's a, a gap an expectation gap in what we see in ourselves yeah um and then that's in the beautiful space where god does his great work mm-hmm. what we see what we're running after but what we're not presently obtaining or living in um and so that's getting you to expand your thinking on the model what you look to what you affirm in other people 
and then how you see that at work in uh, in your life. Yeah. All right. Let's go down to the look down and now lean in. We're getting you to think creatively about the passage. And now we're going to jump in uh, to the passage here. Um, Philippians 2, 1 through 11. Um, I think in your guide, it's, it only goes to verse 8. So I'll, I'll read that over us here. If then is there is any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, make my joy complete by thinking the same way having the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. Everyone should not look to his own interest, but rather to the interest of others. And then coming down to verse 5. Adopt the same attitude as Christ Jesus, who existing in the very form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even to death on the cross. And the passage goes on, and God gave him a name which is exalted Mm -hmm. above all names, and it goes on all the way through verse 11. Uh, A few questions here to to highlight from our look down. The first one here is, uh, what four areas of unity did Paul desire for the Philippian believers? Uh, Describe what he meant by each phrase. So when you think about uh, unity, what are the four areas of unity that we see uh, in the passage? Do you see those, Dallas, anything calling out to you there? Mm -hmm. Yeah, in verse two, um, you know, united in spirit Mm -hmm. is is one way that they could have the same spirit together. Mm -hmm. And as you look at the theme of the book, the title of our series, Fighting for Joy, that we can be united um, in God's spirit. I mean, this is a heavy hitter passage it is it's beautiful um yeah i think it's cool to like hit on a couple of those and really bring it out of people this might be a good time to hey call on that person in your group who Mm. might be a little bit this is this is one of those questions that the answer is in the passage right so if you look and read the passage you can find the answer that you can call on someone to really pick something out. Yeah, it's a good question because it's causing you to interact directly with the passage. Yeah. It's saying, what are the four areas within the passage? And sometimes um, at the look down, we get tempted to think about uh, the out, the the inward application. Mm-hmm. But man, really, when we look down at God's word, physically look down and call these things out. So you're hitting on them there, the same love, unity and spirit, mm-hmm. uh, their intent on one one purpose. Uh, they're thinking the same way. I mean, all these things are are here in the passes, passage. So you can call those out and, and then you could discuss, what do you think Paul meant by that? What do you yeah. think he meant by intent on one purpose? You mm-hmm. know, it's interesting that this church in Philippi, uh, unique individuals, diverse social and economic backgrounds from the wrong side, the different sides of the tracks. But you see this, this unity and spirit thinking the same way, even though culturally they maybe weren't the same. Yeah, They might've had different expectations, um, but their intent, not just on their identity, but on how their identity informs their purpose yeah. and how they serve one another. So there's loads, loads of stuff in, in that passage. Yeah. So that's the leadership uh, principle here is don't rush off the passage. Mm-hmm. Spend time with the passage and, and interact with what uh, God's word is saying here. Yeah. Um, and then what would happen like if a group, like, you know, you got the overachiever in your group who hits out with those four, boom, boom, yeah, boom, yeah. boom, you know, like hits them out. Like what is, what is something someone can do in that passage to help them engage. Like uh, one of the tricks that I always use is like, okay, like, Hey, that's super great that you nailed those. What else stands out to you on the passage? Yeah. Like just sitting, I think it's super important to really sit in the passage 
to get our people there. Yeah. There's the, like the correct quote unquote answer. Yeah. Check the box. I passed the test. Yes. Oh, here it is. It's in the verse here. It's an intent on purpose. Mm -hmm. What do you think is behind that? Well, how do you think that that community would have, would have read that? Yeah. Where else do you see that at work and maybe some other scriptures, giving them creating mm-hmm. the interaction with the passage? That's really good. That's really good. I like this last question to look down. Um, what do you think it was like for Jesus to leave heaven and become human? What did he give up in doing so? And what do we gain from his action? I mean, this is what this passage is. It's the incarnation of, of Jesus. And it's a, it's a passage that um, many have studied for, for years and years, yeah. and years to understand what that meant about Christ who who emptied himself and didn't consider equality with God something to be to be grasped. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you interact with that with that question in this passage? Uh, that that assuming the form of a servant mm-hmm. to think that he he is God, but he took he came down here and took on the role the form of a servant. Mm-hmm. Like, is there anything for us to learn? from that that god could have he could have come in here and said hey i'm god he could have done it a whole different way but he chose to come in in the form of a servant and his actions as you read the gospels modeled that and backs this up right too yeah and it's amazing when you think about the creator god of the universe and how he could have introduced himself and his redemptive plan in flesh i mean his redemptive plan was always outworking before creation but in flesh to humanity and he chose to do it uh through jesus who of course was born infant insignificant place insignificant time to insignificant yeah. people um and it's it's that jesus willingly outworked that through his life and you know often i think about um the posture what what jesus posture would have been if, if i was jesus and i'm not <laughs> would i have been sad would i have felt like i'm 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 losing a lot here like the yeah. roi on what i'm giving up doesn't seem to be great mm-hmm. I'm, I'm leaving the heavenly realms seated at the right hand of my father Mm-hmm. taking on flesh, working in obscurity for 30, 30 years. Yeah. My ministry doesn't really come to prominence to the last three years of my life. And yeah. those three years of my life are going to be met with persecution and rejection, mm-hmm. washing people's feet. I'm going to be on a cross. I, I, that, that surely can't be the, yeah. can't be the deal. Um, mm-hmm. And I know that's putting hat to view low on the, the humanized um, nature of Jesus, although he was fully God and he was fully human, but mm-hmm. his posture wasn't sadness, right? Yeah. It was the joy set before him that mm-hmm. he adored the cross. Yeah. And he willingly took that on. Mm-hmm. That's why he's Jesus and we are not. Yeah. <laughs> the, the only like thing I could think of is like at Thanksgiving, like being told to go to the kids' table. Yeah. Like, as like, oh. that still happened to you. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> the glory of the adult table and yeah. like, what? I got, I got to go down here now. Yeah. And it's like so many times when, when I'm in situations like that, it's my attitude. That's right. Immediately that gets in the way. Yeah. And those moments where you get it right, it's because you've powered up mm-hmm. and you've taken a, okay, this isn't where I want to be, but I, I'm going to make it through. Yeah. I got to make this. For Jesus, it was the the overflow of who he he yeah. was. His identity secure, yeah. As 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 God's son, and and living that out is beautiful. Uh-huh. Um, but the whole thing, it's 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 humility. It's God's redemptive plan uh, made known through Jesus for us. Um, so when we start talking about um, humility, the the looked out question is getting us to think about this in, in culture a little bit. There's a couple of questions here. One of them maybe seem a little bit more obvious, right? But is humility considered a weakness or a strength? Uh, why or why not? And then, um, though our culture often views humility as weakness, in what ways did Jesus's humility convey and require strength? Mm. How might you navigate that question 
Yeah, that's great. Uh, I really love that that question and culture. Like, hey, where have you seen it? Then, mm-hmm. like, don't just tell me yes or no. Like, where have you seen it? Where have you seen it um, as a strength? Like, in what in what areas have you seen humility be a strength? Right. You know, to let to let our people see both sides of humility, a true form of humility, and a false sense of what culture thinks humility is, and um, what ways did Jesus's humility convey and require strength? I mean, think about any time you have to have humility. Yeah. Uh, we're hanging out with our Kenyan partners right now, and they just walked us through an exercise where the lead pastor sat down with his whole team, and he said, tell me all the ways I've wronged you. Mm. And he said it went on for hours, wow. and it was it was tough, but it was wow. ultimate humility and ultimate strength. And he said, my team is stronger than yeah. ever. Yeah. So in, in the moment of weakness, the moment of humility, it ended up being so strong for his team. And it's it's serving other people. Yeah. It's outward facing. Mm-hmm. It's not looking towards your needs, but to the needs of others. And you know, it's something that Eric hit on in his message where he talks about what many are looking at as sort of the failings of the self-help era. Mm-hmm. Um, this expressive individualism, he coined that phrase there. I've heard the phrase about project self, where we, we look mm-hmm. just to our own needs and building our own empires. We're yeah. the heroes of our own story. You know, I don't watch Sex in the City, but that character, Samantha, <laughs> her famous quote of, you know, I love you, but I love me more. Mm. Um, and how true that is and how prevalent it is in our culture, that um, self-centeredness yeah. will always reject humility and service because yeah. it's about you and using people for your own, for your own needs and for mm. your own, for your own good. Yeah. That's implying that you can pay the price of what it takes on right. the cross right. when in reality we cannot. Right. And so then we're looking at it outwardly, and then we got to turn it inwardly to us and answer these questions with honesty. Why is humility such a challenging trait to model? Um, what does this tell us about ourselves? And you might want to make that more personally. Like, like, hey, man, for you, where do you experience the difficulty in in modeling humility? What, yeah. what are those obstacles? What are those things that you tend to run up, run up against? This is where you want to, you know, in an appropriate way, uh, dig in. Look, look yeah. at the. The, the 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 answer behind the the first answer mm-hmm. because on the surface it could be a really easy question to answer but kind of get to the root of things behind it what have you learned Dallas when you're trying to navigate like the look at applications and how to get people to go be um, beyond the surface you set the tone for vulnerability yeah. in your group so as a leader maybe prayerfully consider hey how how vulnerable can you get and how can you set the tone right for this. Uh, and you see it in rooted all the time when the leader shares first, like night one, night two of rooted and just how that sets the tone. Mm-hmm. So you being vulnerable, you leading and saying, Hey, let me just tell you how, how I have struggled with humility. Let me tell you the battle that I am constantly facing. And here's what I'm learning. And here's where I still need to grow because I don't have it all together. Right. And the conversation that's going to come after that is beautiful because you've created a place where people can be vulnerable. It's good. That's good, man. And I think if I was going to answer that question, I think there's something to the, um, like a scarcity mindset of, okay, if I'm going to move from selfish to selfless and serve other people, do I really believe then that God's going to look after me, that he knows my needs, Mm -hmm. um, that if I'm going to pour myself out for other people, how can I be sure that I that I'm that I'm taken care of that I'm that I'm looked after? Yeah, 
And I know for me, that would be a thing of like the scarcity mindset of I got to protect myself first and make sure that everything's in the row mm-hmm. before I can go look at others and the needs of others. And yeah. pretty glad that that Jesus didn't do that for us. Mm-hmm. But I, I experienced that temptation, that pull. Yeah. And yeah. even like the notoriety, humility is something that's not often praised mm-hmm. and not often seen. Okay. Well, if I'm, if I'm going to do that, then I want the accolades. Yeah. I want to be because honored. Because I did that. I want to be honored. Yeah for that. And even that is a false motivation. Right? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot that you can unpack there. So while it may seem like, oh, we've covered these things, we've talked about, you know, there's always so much more that you can dig into uh, with your groups. As Dal said, as you model that, and then as you as you um, navigate that through out of your groups. Mm-hmm. All right. Amazing. Well, that is it for um, how to have joy like Jesus from Philippians 2, 1 through 11. Thank you guys for joining us. We're going to have Dallas and I again uh, for week five and look forward to joining you all next week. See you later.